Hello, viewers, and welcome back to another episode of Chartbusters. My name is Teron Naidu, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Seven Matthew, Kenny Singh, and Kevin Singh. Today, we have a guest who's redefining what it means to be an entrepreneur. From being a pioneer in the metaverse or finding innovative marketing strategies for Mark Cuban companies, Q Harrison Terry has made him a name for himself by searching for and capitalizing on the next big thing. And we're extremely excited to gain valuable insight from him. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and make sure, as always, to follow our Instagram at Chartbusters podcast okay so so mr terry just to kind of start off with i know since you do so much it's kind of hard to like find a label to put on it so what would you kind of define what you do as i just think myself as a future thinker right i like to think about what's forthcoming and then apply innovative strategies and non-traditional thinking to that to just stand out amongst the crowd and what's kind of like the appeal of that instead of like kind of going with the status quo and like a more traditional business approach? I always think about life is like, you know, a Star Wars is a, a Star Wars themed mm -hmm. like endeavor. And, you know, you, you there's so many different quests, right? If you think about yeah. Star Wars, they have, you know, the main saga, which is like the Anakin, Darth Vader, all that good stuff. And then you've got like all these side stories you hear about, yeah. like the, the they got the solo movies, they got the Mandalorian, they got all these different side things, yeah. right? And to answer your question about like, why would I do life differently? It's like, who wants to be a clone trooper? Yeah. For who wants to be a stormtrooper? Mm -hmm. Who wants to be any of those those yeah. people that just do all the same things? Like they live the wackiest lives in the whole yeah. Star Wars saga. And I see everybody <laughs> yeah. go out and do the same exact mm -hmm. thing. They like, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I want to wear the same shoes I saw the dude in yeah. a magazine. Like, I want to do the same exact job as I saw this guy. Like, why? Yeah, you gotta you gotta kinda make your own path if you wanna be truly successful. Would you wanna be a stormtrooper? No, I don't think I think that's Does anybody great in here wanna be a stormtrooper? No. no. And so kind of keeping on that theme of like, you know, kind of finding the new things and not doing what's necessarily kind of considered like normal in society. So how with the metaverse, what kind of made you, you know, like want to kind of get into that type of field? I mean, it's the tectonic shift that we're seeing right now in life happen amongst all of us. And I think about the metaverse and I say like, OK, what is it really like for the people that don't know the metaverse, the way I see it? is just the evolution of the internet into the, the spatial web, right? So we're gonna go from 2D web that's accessible primarily on our devices and our smartphones to something that is much more vivid and interactive to what you're seeing uh, from Meta and their Quest platform or Apple and their Vision Pro. So that is something that is very futuristic. It's very like, okay, this is, this is different. And anyone that's in technology should be looking at those those platforms and saying, hey, how could we be a part of the conversation there? And on the topic with Metaverse, so how did you like decide you wanted to do Metaverse? Or like, how did you come to know about this like new kind of rising technology and how people can stay up to this? Honestly, man, I read a lot. I read a ton. And one of the things that I try to stay abreast of is like technology news. Yeah. What's going on in this space real time? And it's never been easier to learn about the things that are happening in the world, especially in any any random industry, because the internet exists. And so there's bloggers, there's people with newsletters, there's researchers, there's actual publications for just about anything. If you want to learn about cats, they got publications just for that. You want to learn about astrophysics, they have publications just for that. It's on you to go and seek this information, whether it be through books, YouTube, 
uh, countless uh, journals and things of that nature. And the people that do that usually develop a very unique perspective that they can view the world through. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't just go look at a journal once and say, oh, okay, I got the, I got the sauce. Nah, it's going to take some time. But over, over that time, you'll become you and people will be like, man, what's your thoughts on this? You'll be like, well, I see it a little bit differently. And all of the insights that you've accumulated throughout the years or whatever period, time frame that you've been using to, to kind of just practice your studies, that's where you're going to have your unique insights. Yeah. And just like kind of I was doing some research on you like before we did this and I noticed you we have some you have a newsletter of sorts called uh-huh. What's the Future? Yeah. So what is that? Man, that's kind not of like that's the, not what it's called. We call it the WTF yeah, the journal. WTF, you know, yeah, that's that WTF. <laughs> this dude, he's got all like, <laughs> okay, got all I see, friendly, I see, yeah. I see how it is. <laughs> no, nah, that's that WTF joint. Yeah. No, nah, the WTF journal is a place where I go and ask myself, what's the future every single day? And I take detailed notes and I store them in a journal. And anyone can see that journal. I see it as a place where if you want to watch your favorite athlete go practice, like who who doesn't want to see that? Like before a game, the Mavericks, they have, uh, 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 they, they literally, you can watch all the Mavs, yeah. you know, practice their shots. And people come early just to see that happen. You know, the funny thing is, is like, that's only before a game. What if we could do that in real life with any, uh, with any skill set? With any skill set, like think about open sourcing your training data, right? Now everybody can see how you how you got there. And, you know, one of the things that I saw in real time when I was coming up was Mike Winkleman, better known as Beeple. You guys know about Beeple? Um, he no. sold the NFT for $69 million. Oh, I think I, I, think I saw yeah, a couple so, of videos about that, yeah. So what he, essentially what that NFT was, it was a collage of all the work that he had created over uh, the first four or 5,000 days of uh, his project. Like, so you think about it, it's like every day he just made something and then that would yeah. turn out like, you know, a few years later to be worth, yeah. you know, $69 million. <laughs> and that's just his practice, man. This yeah. dude beyond that worked for Apple, worked for Louis Vuitton, worked for Tesla. Like those are his paying clients. So he was still getting paid off of the practice by way of like learning how to do the job and then going and selling that work as a freelancer. But his practice would eclipse his entire earnings once it was monetized, and we now live in a world where anybody can monetize their learnings, right? NFTs exist. Uh, websites such as the one that you referenced earlier, they exist. Uh, YouTube platforms, they exist. Like all of those things have very easy and clear to find monetization goals or outcomes to it. And I think that, like, that's just something that never existed that I wanted to showcase could happen. So, along with the NFTs you were talking about, uh, I've heard from like a lot of people that NFTs, people say like 90% of NFTs are kind of like lottery tickets. They're like a, like a hit or miss kind of thing. So, and obviously like we've noticed that NFTs have had like an abrupt fall for the past couple of months. So do you see any kind of like revival with these and how it's going to change over time? Yeah. I mean, NFTs in general, right? The way I think about that is, you know what a dot .pdf is? Yeah. What about a dot .doc? Yeah. All right. What about a, a dot .xls? All right, so those are all formats, file formats. They right. they allow you to do different things, right? Yeah. A .pdf is a digital document. A .nft is a one-of-one one document. There is no copy that can't exist. It's immutable. 
So if you have the NFC file, that is the only one it's verifiable on a blockchain, right? So the blockchain's the enforcer, you're the holder, the token holder, that can be in a wallet, that can be uh, something that you have physically, or something you, you store digitally, but like that's what an NFT is. And so a lot of people saw it and they're like, oh man, okay, we got digital gold, we got Bitcoin, we got Ethereum, or we got some altcoins like those or all that, right? And they ran those coins and tokens to the moon, but there was no real value backed into that, that, that infrastructure, no ecosystem. There were no real brands that were actually making IP that was sustainable. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. There's clearly uh, a lot of cases where you do have value, right? And some of that value might have been overhyped. And so you've seen some, some enormous uh, price is fall. Like you've seen some enormous price declines. That's like, like if we're being totally honest, right? However, I don't think that that means that NFTs are dead or the platform just is going to cease to exist in the next few years. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of like, we have to think about it as a format and like, you know, MP3s, they bring us music every day, but when's the last time any of y'all bought an MP3 or transferred an MP3 to anything? It's all in the cloud, right? Yeah. It's abstracted. So my whole point being is NFTs are probably going to take a similar fashion. Uh, the people that understand the technology will still win. Like Daniel Elk, he's the creator of Spotify. He did pretty well, right? Yeah. He he. I mean, he did pretty well. No one can no one can get mad at that. And like, we, I mean, who y'all use Spotify? Yeah, we do. Okay, so I mean, that's pretty dope, right? He saw MP3s and said, "This is kind of silly. Why can't, do I have to keep moving things to my device?" Someone's gonna say the same thing about certain elements of NFTs. A lot of the people that are in that space are probably gonna be some of the innovators that bring us forth some of the most mind breaking. Uh, technologies of the next you know few decades but they have to fail and learn today and it's 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 not it's not a bad thing that things are declining it just is a sign that the team that things are expanding people are learning so if you don't mind what are some nfts that you have personally like came up with or had an idea of basically trying to come up with i mean i made, I made a few <laughs> nfts i think I'm, I'm notable for the world star uh, hip hop chain, right? Like that's the one that sold for the most. Uh, so we took a digital chain and we sold it on the blockchain, right? Like I mean, who chains sell all the time? You you got some jewelry on right now, right? Everybody want to get fly. You do too. Everybody got chains on in the room, right? So everybody want to get fly in real life. You didn't think that was gonna happen in the, in the virtual world? Yeah. <laughs> so like another thing I've been hearing about is digital real estate in yes. the metaverse. So uh, what are your thoughts about that? I love it. You know, I, I just bought more land on Fabrica. Um, yeah. That's one of my, my favorite uh, platforms when it comes to buying uh, land. And I guess Fabrica is different because you're buying the digital token. So you're holding that. So you have an NFT that you can show and it's all 3D. It looks like really, really, really cool. But then on the flip side, you actually own real land uh, wherever that token is located. So I have land in Arizona that I purchased on the blockchain that's really attributed to me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. so so this come a long way. It's no yeah. longer just like these little palaces next to Snoop Dogg's virtual house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I know with like the metaverse, we've kind of seen it become more accessible. It's like, uh, we say like the common man with like the mm -hmm. MetaQuest 3 and that, like the Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, yeah. So do you kind of see, do you kind of have any ideas on how NFTs could become like more accessible and something that kind of enters the mainstream more, so to speak? I mean... I, again, back to my Spotify example, I think there will be some ubiquitous platform yeah. that... It's just like time will tell. Yeah, yeah that yeah. manages your NFTs. Like, it, it's not that far-fetched to say that, like, hey, we use we trust Google to manage a lot of things for us. Like, we went from storing .docs on our computer, emailing them as attachments, and, like, saving it on flash drives to Google Drive, right? Mm -hmm. 
How many people in this room could explain to me how Google Drive works? Yeah, we just kind of do it. <laughs> okay, so that's my point, <laughs> yeah. right? So, like, the NFTs, I think a lot of people are so caught up on the fundamentals of how the, the technology works. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, that's that's necessary. But for most, you're just going to abstract that, and it's just going to be a ubiquitous part of your life. And, like, it's just going to work, and you're going to know that if someone issued me this digital degree yeah. and I own it, and it's bound to my wallet or my identity, like, digitally then no one can take that from me. No yeah. one can fake it. Today, like, you know, and a lot of people got false credentials out here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, you know, you ever been to a concert and you, you've seen yeah. some badges that don't look yeah. like yours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think because a lot of people, when they talk about NFTs, like people who don't really see, like, I guess you say the hype about it, they kind of just think it's, I think a lot of that stems from not really getting, like, the purpose behind it. They just kind of think it's a fad. Like, I think a lot of people kind of make the connection to it with, like, modern art. Like, they yeah. think it doesn't really serve any purpose. And I know you made a book called the NFT Handbook. So yeah. what was kind of, like, what's your little, like, synopsis of that that you would give to people? Yeah, so the NFT Handbook came to me uh, largely because in 2015, 2016, I started a company called 23Vivi. And 23Vivi was the world's first digital art marketplace that was powered by a blockchain. And... It, we were selling digital art in 2016. Yeah. Think about this. Young black dude in the middle of Wisconsin talking about, hey, you should buy this digital art. <laughs> this is the future thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the future. Yeah, this yeah. is it's the future thinker. Yeah, yeah, this is the future thinker. So I'm out here hustling art. <laughs> digital art. I got, I'm got, I got people buying skulls. Like, it was just, y'all thought the last wave was crazy? Yeah. Imagine me doing this in 2016. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't have no iPhone 13. Still had a home button. Yeah, you still had a home button. <laughs> You, and people were like, what can I do with this art? I'd be like, man, you can put it on your screensaver. You can hold it. It's going to appreciate. Like, this is this is the wave. I'm helping people set their desktop backgrounds yeah. to this stuff, right? Yeah. But no, we were moving real money. Like, it was real money. Like, you know, we were doing real, real, real. We were doing real revenue. The problem was, like, we were a little too early. And yeah. the Bitcoin blockchain, because Ethereum didn't exist then, uh, was, it was, it was slow. So I'm like, you know, you, you, the promise is, is this could be the next thing, yeah. but the technology just wasn't there just yet. And I think that a lot of the innovators that are in the space as it relates to the NFT side are faced with some of the same exact problems today. Yeah. Right. People know what an NFT is. The trust might be broken, but trust me, yeah. the people that keep going at this NFT thing over the next few years, they're going to have some breakthrough moments. Yeah. And you think that what went up? It's going to go down and not go back up. Yeah, I mean, you see the same thing with crypto. Like, it goes back up. And I think, like what you were saying, I think people, they're going to see just, they see the results after they happen, you know? Yes. And they just assume that, they just assume that it was going to happen all along, even though they were doubting it from the beginning. This goes back to my WTF yeah. journal, right? Mm -hmm. What did I call that? Every days, right? Yeah. Every day you have to do whatever you're going to do. You got to show the process. And you have yeah. to show the process. Well, you don't have to show the process, but today it benefits you to show the process yeah. because we live in such a, um, a media-centric society. People want the TikTok. People want the Instagram. People want the YouTube. So if you don't have content for that and you always go to those platforms and you're trying to sell something, you're going to automatically be distrusted. Yeah, you created all this mistrust and disinformation about you because they're gonna be like, I'm not buying that. I don't yeah. know what this dude's talking about. You look like a scammer, man. He's talking about buy my product. Like, who is this guy? I've never seen him. Like, so it's like you have to figure out what are those stepping stones in order to build the trust and create that foundation for you to like really, really go crazy. 
Yeah. How do you kind of use that with like your marketing background and all of the marketing things that you do? Yeah. So on marketing, I think the, the baseline definition for that is anything that you do that communicates your brand, product, or service. So oftentimes what I hear a lot of people do is they get marketing confused with advertising, right? I mean, that's a lot of cats in marketing right now that can't really put together a marketing campaign. They can put together a Facebook ads campaign. They can put together an Instagram ads campaign. They can put together some some X campaign uh, parameters or Google campaign parameters. But how many people do you know that actually can market? Yeah, it's a small number. Right, right. So when I think about marketing, I think about what are we doing? What are we saying? What are the things that identify our brand or product to prospective customers, to prospective people that are just going to talk about it? Like, I don't care if you're a customer. If you're just going to hype my stuff up, guess what? We about to we about to make sure you are the man. We're gonna put you on the microphone and let you talk. There's a lot of products you didn't bought where the person didn't exist. Mickey Mouse don't exist, bro. <laughs> Not for real. But how many people <laughs> been here been to Disney World? Yeah, all of us. And y'all, and how many people bought the Mickey Mouse hat? <laughs> Took the picture. I still got it. Yeah, you still got it. Yeah. So that's my point, right? Like. Yeah, that joint don't exist. Yeah. He made a mouse with some big ass ears and said, "Like, yo, we ought to like get it cracking." Became one of the most successful companies of all time. Yeah, where's the Facebook ad in that? Yeah, I think it's about like getting people to know your product. That's getting people to talk about it. I think that's like um, a common thing that's coming up with a lot of companies these days. They're trying to create controversy around their products just to put their name out there. Because they don't have no content. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have no trust. So what they got to do is they got to trust the distrust. So they'd be like, if we straight, the, we create the beef and we straddle the line and everybody talks about it from afar, then now we are in the culture. You know, the best meme that I think a company put out there, and I'm going to call them out for this. <laughs> How many of y'all are familiar with the Kermit the Frog, the team meme? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? It, you said lifted. Yeah, lifted. That's a, that. See, they got you. <laughs> they got you. Yeah. So, moving back to like the metaverse, uh, if this is like truly the future, how do you think these emerging businesses can prepare for this new wave? I think that any business that has in any type of digital presence needs to consider the metaverse as an active part of their digital strategy. And those that get started today, those that build up the foundational skill sets today, learn the limitations today, learn who's using it today, will be some of the biggest victors tomorrow. And I'll give you a case in point. When Jeff Bezos started Amazon.com, he sounded delusional. You're going to go to a website, you're going to order a book, and it's just going to come to your door. Yeah, it's going to get shipped to you. He sounded delusional, so much so that the Wall Street Journal was was ragging this dude. They were dragging him every day, like, like, yo, this is the dumbest idea of all time, worst stock to ever buy. Like, who's going to buy books online when you got Barnes & Noble, Borders, Staples? How many people in here been to a, board, a Barnes & Noble's, Borders, or Staples in the last few years? How many people been in here and been at Amazon.com? Yesterday. Okay. So that's my point, right? Like, he ended up being right. But he ended up being right and ended up winning the whole game largely because he had a deep understanding of the internet. And Jeff Bezos brought you to one click buy, not 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 Steve Jobs. Yeah, so going off on that, are there like any 
big misconceptions about the metaverse that you would like to address? Yeah, yeah. I think everybody thinks the metaverse is just VR, right? Because a lot of the things that you've seen in the metaverse today are just VR uh, examples. But like the funny thing is, you know, the metaverse is going to be much more than VR. You saw, you know, uh, Meta and Ray-Ban, they've got their new glasses. Those are pretty cool. I mean, that's an XR technology. Is it? Is it? Does it have a visual component? No, but it's audio. It's immersive. So the computer can see what you see and it can enhance your experience and tell you what's happening in your world. You can do that today with a phone, but it's a pretty cumbersome process. I got to go like, yo, what's up, man? I'm, uh, What's his name? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In the future, I'm just like, yo, what's good? And it's telling me, while you don't even know it's telling me, yo, like, your girlfriend is ex and you know you, you, you didn't take out the trash <laughs> right? like, like i got a whole contact information is always or it's always there yeah that's the future we're going towards and these are devices you can buy today um when i think about the x real air twos that just came out you know like for 400 bucks anyone can have their own virtual 330 kind of like inch screen world, yep yeah your own virtual world yeah. kind of like and, like and a- then think about it like this y'all are young the developers of tomorrow are buying that platform and getting on their computers and cranking out silly apps for that today. The yeah. same way when I was young, we were cranking out silly apps for the iOS platform. Like yeah. we, I remember it going from Objective C to Swift. Now everybody co- codes iOS apps and stuff in Swift. But like before that change happened, it was a bunch of script kitties in Objective C just saying, "Okay, yeah. fart app. Okay, sound grenade. Okay, <laughs> uh, tap tap. Okay, yeah." Yeah. But yeah, that makes and then another thing is like another misconception is kinda like how the metaverse is kinda like a replacement of the real world. A lot of people think that and I've seen like your YouTube videos where you do like the videos uh, in like the metaverse. So how do you think that's like more effective than actually doing it like in real life? Man, you know, that's a great question. For some people, the metaverse will be their reality. And we have to adjust to that. I mean, I'll give you a case in point. All of y'all, how many of y'all got the smoke on Fortnite? Everybody, everybody, everybody got the smoke on Fortnite. Hey, he said we can hop on right now. He said I got it right now, right here. Let's go. <laughs> hey, see, see, that's what I'm saying. See, see, see. He, that whole point is Fortnite's a metaverse, man. The Fortnite, if it were a country, it would be a pretty large economy. It would have a, it would have a, it would have a GDP like there's there's actual like commerce that's driven on that platform. There's actual learnings that are shared on that platform, right? Like people go in there and they they share all their insights. Uh, they talk about what they're gonna hang out. All that all that stuff happens on Fortnite. So it's like if that's what the metaverse looks like today without the new and advanced technology, imagine the shift that's gonna happen and how it's gonna transform everything. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, Fortnite, I think especially with our generation, it's almost something, like, cultural, like, within our generation. And I think that's something, like you were saying, you're going to see that cultural shift. And also, another thing that I want to talk about with with AI, I know we've also, we've kind of started to see that shift already. Like, even in schools, I think my teachers, they become, like, more lenient and even encouraging about using AI. So what do you kind of see, like, with that going forward? I mean, AI has proliferated everything, right? You told me that you want to be a a lawyer, right? I thought about going to law school, and then AI happened. Yeah. You know what I said? There's no way I'm going to law yeah. school. Why would I go to law school when I can go to a chatbot that yeah. can get trained on any type of legal lease and it already can pass the bar. So you can't tell me this thing is not not official, right? It's official. 
So what am I going to do as a lawyer? Like the, that needs to be redefined before I go commit six, seven years of my life yeah. to go read some books and, and, and then do something that a machine can do in one click. Yeah. So I feel like a big thing going on in schools today is like that discussion about AI and whether it's making us worse students, making us less prepared. So what do you think about that? I mean, people said the same thing about social media, right? Like yeah. back in, in, in 2010, 2009, 2010, like when social media was all the craze and everybody had access to it, they were trying to ban it in schools and do all these things. And then there was a turning point where like the schools were like, you know what? Maybe we should connect with the kids. If the kids are on social media, we should be on social media. And now, like, you've got, like, your all your clubs, all your schools, they kind of communicate with you on the digital platforms, too. I think that uh, there's going to be dumb humans in the world, and that's just going to be a thing, right? Some people don't want to learn. They don't want to think. And, you know, that's their choice. Um, the people that, you know, integrate with society and, and say, like, look, I want to have a, contribu- a contribution that people remember me for or that I'm known for, and that's a part of my identity, they're going to go out, they're going to learn how to work alongside this AI, and they're going to develop intangible skills that look similar to in the social media era. Like in 2009, if you would have came to, to me and said, bro, I'm going I'm to get paid off social media. I'm going to be a social media marketer. I'm going to be a manager of this social stuff. I'm going I'm, I'm to find like a hot girl and we're going we gonna, to we gonna make all this work on OnlyFans. And, 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 and I'm going to, you know, Kim K is a billionaire, right? Kylie's a billionaire. There's people that literally just manage their brands. That's it. Rich. Today. Off selfies. If you would have told me that in 08, 09, everyone would have looked at you like you were crazy. So there's going to be people that develop, like, you know what the craziest thing I can think of right now? I think that there's going to be a future where, like, people are going to literally have as their job title, I'm the AI whisperer. AI whisperer. No, nah, for real. Heard it first. <laughs> no, nah, for real. Like, think about it. You never seen a dog whisperer? Yeah. Yeah, right? So you can't just turn your dog off, right? Yeah. AI is kind of like a dog right now. <laughs> you can't just turn it off. Right? Like, you can't just be like, oh, you know, shut down, dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> so what do you need? You got to bring in somebody to come in and talk to it and train it. Like, when you get frustrated with it, right? Yeah, yeah. The AI is going to be the same way. There's going to be a whole new group of society that, that, I mean, a whole new group of jobs that enter society that basically are based just all on AI. based on AI. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, another thing, um, Metaverse, going back to it again, <laughs> obviously it's the future, but, like, uh. What regulation do you think needs to happen right now? Man, I think that's a great question. And I'm going to actually answer it from a a few different angles. I think that there's a few things that need to be regulated right now that we don't really have the greatest uh, concept on. So the Biden Biden administration just passed or like they didn't pass anything, but they put out basically an executive order or an executive act on AI. Yeah, and it's a 100-page document. I haven't read it, the whole thing, but I'm currently reading it um, because I think that there's a there's a good understanding. Like, we talk about regulation, and I hear a lot of people talk about it, but they don't actually go and read the actual yeah, the, the text that exists. So we have we have the AI regulation that is, is, is taking place not only in our country, but in the EU. They have a, an AI act uh, um, or a law that they're going to pass, kind of like GDPR, so that they're 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 drafting it now. It's not out, but like how GDPR now, like when you go to a website, you get this annoying pop up. It's like accept cookies, not because everyone has to be compliant with these new rules and regulations. So like similar stuff will happen from AI. It's gonna be slow, but it's coming. 
But it's not just AI. Like, dude, we've got, we need regulation on misinformation. Think about how much fake news is on TikTok. You get yeah. your news off TikTok? Yeah, I've been, I've been seeing, I've seen like, I know it's kind of got into like weird things. I, I saw something you talk about this, like the bikini bottom news thing, like the shark from. Y'all watch that? Yeah, we've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times. You've seen, seen it a couple times. Yeah. So that's how you get your news? No, I don't get my news like that, but I've seen, I'm, I know a lot of people do. Okay. But yeah. So what if the little shark just said, hey, I want you to go do something really graphic and disgusting to such and such. And, I mean, I think uh, people, people like, I mean, maybe not to that extent, like, like that directly, but they definitely like, they just kind of see things and they just assume it's fact. They would yeah. do it. They would do yeah. it. No, they, maybe not everybody, but some people yeah. would. Absolutely. That's misinformation. We don't. How can I trust a, a, a fictional character that is not even like officially licensed? Yeah. I think um, another thing on top of that with like the misinformation thing, I know the internet, even though it's caused also, I think it's kind of proliferated a lot more uh, misinformation, but I also think there's some things where it's helped to kind of reduce that. Um, I was like, I know in, there's this, I know there's this Minecraft server. I watched something about it a while ago. It has yeah. like all like kind of banned books and everything from every single country yeah. into one place and like anyone can go on there and read it. So do you kind of think the metaverse loves something like that? Like it, allowing to house? Like You're, you're going to have decentralization. I think that's obviously yeah. a next step um, because there's a lot of censorship happening within societies at large. But like to finish up on the, the ethics question, we can't just look at all this stuff in a silo. Yeah. We got to look at all these emerging technologies, and I think it's about time where we create a council of people that actually know what's going on, that are actually yeah. empowered to go learn and explore and yeah. know the innovators. Like watching Congress talk about like anything technology based is pretty frustrating. It is. It yeah. is. It is. You you're, you want to you you wish you could go up there and be yeah. like, bruh, can you just look at TikTok? <laughs> can you just look at Instagram? Do you know what's going on? And then the saddest thing is like these CEOs, they gotta get up there and be like, man, if I say the wrong thing, I might yeah. go to jail like SBF. Like <laughs> yeah. I might go, I might, I might be in the pen because they're 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 on the stand. Like yeah. that that's crazy. Like, you know, to, to to possibly go to jail over something that you had no idea yeah. what actually uh entail and, and pan out. So I think all in all, on the regulatory front, I think we all need to do a better job of understanding what the hell is being drafted and, and proposed. And I think we all need to actually have a voice. And I don't care if you use ChatGPT to write your voice, yeah. like still use your voice. And yeah. you know, I think that that's where where this is. And like, there's there's some logic that happens, but I, I think that we're having a conversation. People kind of know what's going on. I think change will prevail. It's just a matter of like. It's just gonna take some time, bro. But the AI, it's moving so fast. I don't know if we, I don't know who's gonna win. Yeah. Another thing, like all these people have been saying for a while, like since AI came out, like AI is gonna take over, like the human race. AI is gonna be like the new generation of people. Yeah. Like, like Terminator kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? How do you think like AI is gonna play a role in like, like everyday human life? And how do you think like we have to adapt to like this new kind of thing that's going on in our lives? I think that like we're gonna live a society where everybody has their own personal AI. So like right now, everybody has the same whack version of Siri. Yeah. Right. That's that's not that's not the future. What do you use Siri for today? Yeah. Nobody uses Siri today for anything substantial. But you use ChatGPT for substantial things like write this for me, uh, tell me about this, explain this, uh, tutor me on this. Right. That's something that's actually happening in the real world. We're going to have our own individual versions of that that is trained on all of the data that we we know 
and have experience. So everything in your inbox, everything in your iMessages, everything that, you know, all the Zoom calls or virtual meetings you had, all the books and stuff that you read, like there's going to be an AI that also is uh, indexing that stuff alongside you. And then you're going to work alongside that AI and say like, hey, um, what were some of the the points on this book that were substantial? Actually, I highlighted this passage. I want to like take this and turn this into a document, yeah. right? And now you can put that as a blog post or you can use it in a speech or something, right? Um, so I think AI, the first step is like personal AIs that help us organize and understand what's going on um, within our own param- like within our own world parameters uh, today. And I think that we're not that far from that. Like there's companies that exist that are going for that, and there's a lot of infrastructure for that. And I think once that happens, then you can actually build off of that baseline and do a lot of the cool things that you see. On the Terminator side, man, I mean, it's a possibility. There's some downsides to some of the stuff, right? Like yeah. one of the things here is the more you tr- like, they call this the, uh, is this called the gorilla problem? If I remember it correctly, so um, gorillas, very very strong animals. Yeah. Very and, and intelligent, right? Gorillas, in theory, should be able to like rule and conquer the land, right? Like they're they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But our intelligence surpassed that of the gorillas. So because of that, we're now at an ability where we control the, the gorillas, gorillas, and the gorillas are now like effectively our pets, and and and, and unfortunately they're an endangered species. Mm-hmm. But the the point I'm making here is that's what people are afraid of with AI. Is once it surpasses human intellect, will we become the new gorilla? Yeah. So like, um, I don't know if y'all have seen the the movie Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mike or was it Watts? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like Wade Watts or yeah. So, so like that. Yeah, yeah. just like thinking of a society like that, how do you think we can prevent? dystopian food is there anything we can do to Man, prevent it all right so first off ready player one is a little fiction yeah bro we about to have humanoid robots y'all ain't seen Optimus? <laughs> yeah no yeah Optimus exists by 2025 you probably will see some humanoid robots that you're gonna be interacting with uh-huh. so that terminator question is relevant because when you put that chat on that robot man it's about to get real crazy. Yeah. It's about to get real crazy. Yeah. I didn't see none of them robots in Ready Player One. Yeah. So I already know that that's not the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like as far as disconnected societies, that's that's it today. I mean, dude, you ever tried to talk to somebody and they're just captured in their cell phone and like, oh man, you know, doing this, scrolling, yeah. tapping, double tap. Just like, I know how you talked about with like communication. I know that's something that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, like what, why do you think communication is so important, especially in this day and age? On the AI front? Or, yeah. Or, just, AI, in gen- or just in general. Like, in general, communication is probably the easiest way for you to get across your point. Yeah. And the coolest thing about AI, and even once we have personal AI, is there's no reason why anybody should be a bad communicator. Yeah. I mean, dude, they got apps where you can sit down and literally practice your speech with ChatGPT. And it gives you feedback. It right? gives you yeah. feedback. That that's it. That's not that's and that's like a nine dollar app that you can yeah. buy on a, the Oculus platform or run it on your your computer or whatever, right? Like that's that's today. That's today. Yeah. You can't imagine what tomorrow would be. Yeah, and so that's yeah. that's speaking. That's something that you would think that fundamentally is unreachable. We're, yeah. we're here today. Writing, we already know we can do. Text messaging, I mean, some people got their moms writing their texts. That's crazy. But like, <laughs> I hope that you know, know that ChatGPT can write that text message for you. Yeah. 
And when you have the ability to communicate in, in, a, in, a, in a much easier and simpler format and people can understand what you're saying, you can actually be more productive and effective as an individual. So like you said, AI is going to be taking over in the future. So like how can the world be balanced with the world we're in right now and then in the future it becomes like mostly AI? So how can that stay balanced? Man, that's a great question. So the, the balancing act here is something we're just going to all have to kind of be a part of. I don't have the answer to that one. But like, I guess if I had the future think on how this does become a, a balanced equation, I would probably say that there's going to be some group of people that figure out either rules or a subset of theories to substantiate AI containment. And that contains the AI to some extent. Um, sort of similar to how today, I mean, we've got a lot of nuclear power. There's a lot of nuclear power in this in this world. Like, I mean, if they wanted to start pressing buttons, and they started pressing all those buttons, they'd wipe out the world's population several times over. This ain't just gonna be a once and done thing. It'd be like, you know how fireworks go? (laughs) It would be like that for a while, (laughs) right? But we don't have that problem, and that's largely because there are modus operandis at which you want to operate on a, a similar accord so that we don't see fireworks happen in our in our in our everyday lives yeah i think the regulations are really important just like you talk about what's kind of like the next big thing that you've been looking into like maybe that's kind of you know it's kind of gone under the radar type of thing yeah, most most under the radar technology that i think that is like hot right now is e-ink e-ink you're gonna see a lot of yeah, 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 yeah. It's the it's the digital 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 paper. Um, and so you can use it for displays. You can use it for books. You can use it for uh, now computer monitors. They're using it for so many things. Uh, the price has fallen. It's gotten really good on the technological front. If I were starting a business and I just had to like do something cool, I would figure out how to make like a managed devices. Uh, console or service for e-ink screens because think about all the stores that still use paper signage yeah if you go to them and say look i'll give you the screen for free you just got to sign up for our thing and run all your discounts and and codes through our our system you'll have to integrate with their their pos system but if you could figure that out Mm -hmm. uh what would happen is like dude you you'd actually have a little monopoly on your hands because everybody has got a little corner store everybody has got a little Mm -hmm. uh subsection of something that sells something if they're using a paper sign, yeah. even all the gas stations and stuff, because a lot of those aren't all digital, and some of them are. But if you've ever used the system to manage it and change the numbers, it's it's yeah. it's it's hell. It's not a fun thing to do. If you transform all that, not only does all this stuff look better, but now we're getting closer to that world of like cyberpunk or Blade Runner, where you know you're walking around, everything's a screen. Yeah. Like I think E Ink is gonna take us to that society that way. Yeah, and I think like you know if you think about it, it just seems kind of so simple when you like put it into words, but like. You know, it's like paper is something that we use every day. And also, if we go on, like, the environmental kind of thing about that, it also saves trees, which is obviously great. Especially Look at my like, boy. You're a future yeah, thinker yeah. now. There you go. You get the gold star, bro. There you go. I love that. I definitely agree with it, too. Yeah. So, like, um, you mentioned the environment. And I've been, like, uh, researching about this. And there's, like, uh, a correlation. Or like, with the development of new technology and like the depletion of rare earth metals, um, I don't know if you know much about that front, yeah. but like, what do you think is going to happen once we run out? 
I mean, bro, they say that, but like we just saw something happen in Wyoming where we think yeah. we got some more medals. This dude might be worth thirty-seven <laughs> billion dollars off of some medals, medals that supposedly will be in Wyoming on some dude's land that he bought for like what two million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think we still got enough medals to to worry about. But like, you know, the thing about that is, if we don't have enough medals, I'm pretty confident that Elon Bezos or Gonna Even, figure something out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Virgin Galactic. Somebody's gonna figure out how to go to space, and we can mine some in space. Uh, and this is kind of more just for like the viewers. It's kind of as like a general thing, you know. Being as successful as you are, and you yeah. do all of these things. Yeah. How do you kind of manage your time and just make sure that you're able to get like all of the side quests and the main quests done? I know? love it. The side yeah. quest, the main quest, all that, all <laughs> it's all it's all the main, it's all yeah. one quest, right? Yeah. You just wake up every day. You ask yourself, what are the things you're gonna get done? Uh, you write it down and you just go for it. And I think that that's the difference between someone that's ultra successful and that's just like borderline successful. And what and like yeah. how you manage your time, no one can tell you how to do it. Like you can take advice from me and that might make me the most productive and efficient person that I can be right now. But that's still not the best version. Like Elon yeah. Musk is the CEO of a publicly traded company or two publicly traded, or no, 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 one publicly traded company and two mega large private companies, right? One was for, and one was a publicly traded company. He bought it and took it private. So my whole point being is like, how the hell does he have time to do all the things that he yeah. does and then still sit down with Joe Rogan and then drop off a cyber truck to you? Yeah. Like, where does this, where does this happen? I'm not as successful as Elon, but it's like, God, like I look at mine and I'm like, I got a little grape to manage. This dude is juggling yeah. watermelons yeah. at full speed. And not dropping it. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Juggling watermelons at full speed, not dropping <laughs> yeah. it. And we over here talking about my little grape. <laughs> yeah. I think like the main thing is kind of just like take initiative of like the things. Cause then I feel like that kind of just motivates you to like just spend your time more wisely. Cause like you're kind of just like getting more confident and getting a feel of things. So I feel like if you just take initiative, it's kind of like, you know, you just automatically like develop that confidence and you just know how to manage your time. That I mean, you learn. Everything's a learning process. Everything's a journey, right? And you're going to go through some parts of the journey where you're just going to figure it out. But the cool thing is, is like you have to have a desire to be the best version of yourself and like to like be putting good quality yeah. inputs into your, your own brain because that's what levels you up. And it's always like when people ask you what you want, you should just be like, I want to level up, right? And then it like... Even if you, instead of saying, I don't know, like if there's a, a cool trend that y'all start on uh, chart busters, it's like the chart, the chart is kind of whack if it's, yeah. it's flat line, right? Yeah. A char chart is whack if it's in decline. Yeah. You want a chart that's leveling up. It's okay if it yeah. goes up a little bit, down a little bit, but up. Yeah, like like exponential, linear, yeah. exponential growth. That's what you want. And so you have to think about the same way you would think about growth on, on a chart. Yeah. You have to think about it in your life. Is like, what am I doing that's going to raise the bar for me and make me more impressive, make the people around me uh, want to rock with me more because I can add more value to their lives? A lot of people think about it and like, I want to be, 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 be. Dude, you can be, 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 be all you want. But like, if you're not adding any value to anybody else's life, that's the true narcissist. Yeah. And I think even like as you're improving yourself, like we talk about self-improvement, you can't get complacent. Like when you reach the top of the graph, you got to make the axis longer. Yes. Type of thing. So when you're Elon yeah. and you 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 built that car that you said you was going to build, yeah. where do you go? You go to space. Yeah. 
And then where he, he's uh, he's probably thinking of things where to go from space. Even we further. got the Neuralink, yeah, yeah the Neuralink. He putting a chip in the brain, yeah. and then after the, after the chip in the brain, he said, "I need an AI and I need a robot so I could confuse yeah. the two, so we don't have to do the work that we doing today." Yeah, and I think uh, this is something we do with like all of our um, like guests that we have on the show. So, yeah. what's like a, your story or like a person that you think have had like a substantial impact on you? Man, that's a good question. For real, like for real, for real, like. You know, um, rest in peace to my brother Johnny. You know, mm-hmm. my brother Johnny was like, you know, he was one of the people in my life that like really showed me the route, right? That's why I, I pay a lot of homage to the little homies and even here, even here supporting y'all. It's like, you know, I had a big brother that was really about like showing me the way and saying like, yo, this is the shortcut. If you go this way and uh, you listen to me and you just trust me, you can you can skip like two three years of growth and development. Yeah, and you know I was like cool, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna try that out. And like you know I look at my life and I'm definitely uh, appreciative of of the insights that Johnny Johnny led to me. Yeah, you know you gotta have people like in your corner, you oh, know yeah. that are there for you. You gotta pass it back. Yeah. You always gotta pass it back. Like I think yeah. that that's the that's the whole thing. Is like you gotta uh, you gotta reach one of your goals and you gotta teach somebody else. Right? They yeah. say to reach one, teach one. Or like paying it forward. Yeah, 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 pay it forward. All that. Like that all matters. But like really, if, if you aspire to a goal, you were blessed. You hit yeah. that goal, bro. Like you need to come back down and just be like, yo, here Let someone homie. else hit that goal. Yeah, because yeah. like you can't like nothing in this world is ours. Right, yeah. it's all gods at the end of the day, and so at the end of the day, you can't just be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna amass all these things." That's not that's not God. Like, you gotta pass those blessings on. For anyone who wants to pursue AI as a career path, a lot of people that listen to us are around our age. They're about to graduate, go to college. Yeah. Uh, what's the learning path you'd recommend? So I would first off check out my uh, Harvard lecture. Yeah. So I did a lecture at Harvard on AI. Uh, I think that like if I was in high school and I was watching that today, that would probably be pretty uh, monumental uh-huh. because you're seeing the same thing that some of the best in the world have seen, right? Yeah. So um, I would start off there. The second thing is I would get real good with ChatGPT or learning how to build my own large language models. I'm not saying everybody in here has got to be a data scientist playing with the models and training all that, but you need to understand what the difference between uh, machine learning is, reinforcement and like uh, all these different uh, terms. Because if you can't communicate with the actual practitioners, you're not going to have any value or impact in the space. And so I see a lot of people come in and say, I wanna be a designer. And you say, what's the bleed? What's the margin? And they be like, what do you mean? I got Canva. Yeah. I got Canva. You wanna be a designer? What kind of nonsense is this? No no disrespect to Canva. It's just that like there's a lot of people out here that take design seriously. Yeah. They study books of this. They went to college for that. And like when you go and just be like, I got Canva, you're disrespecting the craft. Yeah. So the craft of AI is in these journals. It's in the research. I did an album on Spotify. It's called 34 AI Innovators. If you want to learn about AI and you like hip hop, I made it easy for you to go check it out. <laughs> For real, like it, I mean, y'all all got Spotify. I recommend you check it out. Yeah. Play it on the chart busters. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna do no takedown requests. <laughs> we not gonna take no takedown yeah. requests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can add it after. It's it all good. Up right now. Oh, you got it. You got it right now. Like, <laughs> hey, I mean, he listening. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I mean, I think that's great. I think that's a great place to end on. I mean, if you're listening to this and you know you've been kind of wondering like what all the hype has been about, like AI, the metaverse, NFTs. That's I think we have it right here, and you see the value in that and like what it means to be a future thinker. And you have the resources right now. So, like, I'm asking you, the viewer, to go out and sign up, kind of take that initiative and go invest in yourself and see if, like, these type of new things are 
something that you'd be interested in because you know at the end of the day like it could be it could be the next very well be the next big thing and it's something that you should make yourself attentive of and aware of and know what's coming next and i think podcasts are great because they are uh a way to knowledge share and sometimes you get to see you know a small sliver of a perspective just because it's it's like it is it is groupthink in a way right like everybody in here we kind of think the same we don't have a lot of diverse perspectives in here yeah but the thing that is also different is like the reason why I do WTF is because you can see how I thought about something then, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things that have changed. If you go back and you look at my thoughts on AI, right? And you said, how should I learn to be AI? I might've told you to be a prompt engineer if we were talking <laughs> in like January of this year. Yeah. But I think you were talking about that earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Like prompting is kind of dead if you ask me, right? Yeah. I can talk to GPT. GPT is integrated and everything. You can make your own GPT. So if you can make your own GPT and you can give it to me, why do I need to know how to prompt? Yeah. The person that can prompt can make the GPTs and I can just interact, <laughs> right? So everybody doesn't need to be a prompt engineer now. That wasn't true like six, seven months ago. So the difference in what I'm saying is like the thoughts, even the ideas that we shared on this are going to change, which is why we need to leave behind the time capsules, but also refine and share what are we seeing in real life as it as it develops. So so that's that. All right. So just like before we sign off for today, is there anything you want to tell the viewers or listeners? Man, I already, I already said what I had to say. You know, go check out that WTF journal. Every day is that WTF. Everydays.wtf. Just drop it in the link. Yeah, I mean, this was a great interview. We'll make sure, make sure to put the WTF um, link on our Instagram. So make sure you follow that and our Spotify in the description. So make sure you're checking out our Spotify and also make sure you're checking out our Instagram at Chartbusters Podcast. And is there any socials you'd like the viewers to check out? I'm at Q Harrison on everything, so it's just my first name. Yeah, that's even that's even my yeah. gamer tag. So if y'all trying yeah. to y'all trying to y'all trying to yeah. catch me on a Fortnite on the sticks, yeah. you know I'm not on Fortnite right now, yeah. even though they brought the OG maps back. Yeah. You know yeah. you know what I've been on. Real talk. What that Grand Turismo? Grand Turismo. Oh. Yeah, they're making a movie. Yeah, the I did movie, see the movie. Yeah. I did see the movie. I, I, I thought. I thought. I think Grand Turismo mm. is actually it's a fun game. And then uh the new Call of Duty just dropped. Yeah, that's actually really good. For real. It, the, yeah. This is this is the first Call of Duty. I've been playing Call of Duty since it like, like yeah. since it's since it's count. Like I've been around since the first Call of Duty. Right. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'm old. Just like that. Okay. He's been playing since the first one. This is this is the best one. In the last ten years, wow, yeah, this is, reminds me of Call of Duty, yeah. the old school. So, it, no, yes, 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 yes. They even got rust yeah. in the new one. Oh, they got rust. They, they, they got rust. They got rust on the new COD, and it's cross platform. Yeah. So this is like now, it's like the like, best of both worlds. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. you got the you got the you got the mouse, you got the controller, you got the Xbox, I got a PC. We could all get in there and see yeah. who's the best of the best. Never been, never been possible before today, and like it's actually it's pretty great. Yeah, and I think that never been possible before today, and then I think that kind of sums up like what we've been talking about today, like how everything, you know, there's always like innovative innovations that's gonna happen, and I think that's a great thing about being a future thinker. We just want to say thank you for the great interview, and obviously, Mr. Q Harrison Terry's had great ideas, and I really, you know, urge y'all to listen to him and check out his stuff. And I think it's you learn a lot from it, and we just want to say thank you. And signing off again, we're Chartbusters, and this has been a great interview. 